0: What is up? What is happening? We are back. Episode 124 of Skates at the Stakes. A massive 3-0 shutout for your New York Islanders against the Washington Capitals. Recording after the game a little bit after, because um, of course I had to watch the Pittsburgh Steelers pull out a nail-biting win as usual. But today it's just me and Ryan. Jake's asleep right now. Uh, we are recording pretty late. It is almost 12. Ryan... How are we feeling after the New York Islanders kinda, I guess, stole a game in D.C.?
1: Yeah, I very i mean i'm over the moon in the sports world my uh the mlb season's over i don't have to worry about um the worst possible outcome of the atlanta braves winning so the uh, texas rangers won the world series uh max scherzer and Degrom are world series champions two individuals i don't care too much for but uh, hey it's better than the braves winning so i'm okay with it um and then the um in the basketball, the Brooklyn Nets right now the talk of the town. The two and two Brooklyn Nets, but it feels like they're four zero because every game's been close. So things are good there. Um, you know, in baseball, the Mets are about to start their off season. Another great off season for the New York Mets. But uh, the highlight of the New York sports world right now, of course, is the New York Islanders, and folks, uh, the Islanders have had a really good week since the last time AJ was on, and you know, since the last time we recorded with Ian, which was a great appearance by Ian and Jake. Um, you know, it was. The Islanders have picked up, what, three points at this point of the past two games? Yep. You're never going to complain about that. Three points every uh, every two games, that's going to have you on track for 120-plus uh, points every day of the week. I mean, the Islanders are on a really good points pace. That's the, their best start in many, many years. And we'll go into the individual game by game in a minute. But I think even though the vibes got pretty nasty after the Detroit loss, which uh, both me, AJ, and Jake were in attendance for, vibes got nasty after that one. But overall... The ship is sailing. We're still on the rails. We're still doing good.
0: Yeah, people were really getting sicko over uh, the Detroit loss. And I understand. It was very embarrassing what they did. And it was a real shame. They gave up three goals in five minutes max in the third period after playing a very above average to very good 43 to 47, maybe 50 minutes. I don't know the exact time. But the first and the second period, the Islanders looked very good. Elias Hroken looked very good. Uh, the refereeing, I'm not going to blame the refs for the game, but the refs were god-awful and they were soft as crap. Giving Cal Clutterbuck a 10-minute misconduct because so he yelled at a ref. Come on, grow the fuck up now. The Islanders looked very good for most of the, the Detroit game. And it really did suck that they had to blow it there. Uh, a lot of just stupid, stupid stuff. I know Pulak had a shitter. Walsham wasn't great defensively there. They they really imploded within a five minute time period, and it was just really depressing at UBS. But I would like to say, I mean, maybe this shouldn't come to a surprise now, and maybe hopefully it won't in the future. I thought the crowd was actually very good for a Monday night at UBS when there's Monday night football on. I know there's been a lot of talk about the league attendance been a little bit down this year, and this always happens during football season. I think the Islander I think UBS was 87% full, which I mean, I'm not gonna, you know, don't raise a banner for that, but tickets were very cheap, and I expected it to be a lot you know, emptier. So I thought the crowd was actually pretty good, pretty engaged, and... After the third Detroit goal, it was very quiet, but rightfully so.
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, Detroit was favored by the game at the start of the game slightly um, by the books. But, you know, story of the game, the first period was a pretty nothing period, two way hockey, pretty good. The second period, we got a lot of ref puck um, where the refs were kind of taking the game out of the Islanders' hands. Detroit felt like they were on a constant power play for five or six minutes. Cal Clutterbuck got a 10 minute misconduct for basically just telling the ref to do his job. prayers up for our boy Cal. Completely innocent as we have the Cal Buck redemption arc this season after last year. Uh, but Casey Sikas and Bo Horvat had a breakout on the power play for Detroit, so they got a penalty kill goal. I don't know why Casey doesn't score goals like this ten times a season. He rushed the goalie, just dropped the puck past him. It slid past Ville who started to give the Islanders one-nothing lead. Uh, Brock Nelson gets the next one, and things are looking up for the Islanders. Um, but then in the third period, just rapid succession, Daniel Sprung scores Jake Wallman scores. A couple minutes later, J.T. Comfort gets a goal. Really bummed out. Uh, I moved over after the second goal to go sit with friend of the pod, Michael Leboff, um, the Big Lebowski on Twitter of the Isles Anxiety Podcast, and hung out with him for a little bit and his pops. Uh, But then, you know, um, the million or the eight million dollar man or eight and a half million dollar man, Bo Horvath, got a goal uh, to tie the game up for the Islanders. I thought this was huge. Detroit's been, I don't want to pump their tires because I've historically not liked what the Red Wings are doing, and we've made fun. All their signings, and it shouldn't be making it shouldn't be working as well as it is. But it's working out really well for Detroit this season, and the Islanders were able to you know take a game where. Last year, if they had fallen, you know, the sky's falling and losing that. By getting a point out of this game was so huge. And they came back down the ice and almost won it, you know, before they went to overtime. Um, but then in overtime, you know, they walked it off. Uh, Lucas Raymond, I think, had the game winner. And uh, it was just a bummer. It was a bummer to lose an overtime like that. But, you know, an overtime loss doesn't hurt me. Three on three losses don't hurt me. Blowing the 2 lead kind of annoys me. But overall, as long as you get the one point, I'm completely fine with it in the current league. Landscape of the the metro. AJ, how do you feel about the one pointer
0: here? You, you got to feel a little bit disappointed, but you also got to feel pretty proud that you know they they did play very well for most of the game. I know they blew it within five minutes, but if you want to look at it at in the longer haul of things, I will take the very positive forty-seven minutes, and we could fix the crappy five minutes more likely than not. I'd rather it be that way than the—I don't know. Like I think I'd rather have it the way we had it than have it the way Detroit had it. They really—you know, they had their chances, obviously, with a lot of power plays, but we looked really good. I'd rather look really good than not get anything going for most of the game. Right? I feel like that's yeah. the right way to go about yeah. it. We played well.
1: Yeah. If we had blown the game 3-0 and they had tied it 3-3— I think I would have, like, a completely different mindset. Like, that would have really bum me out. But the fact that we were only up 2 oh, and then they were able to get, like, bang, bang, two goals, and then they scored one more, and we were able to claw back into it with that Horvat goal, which was a beauty. I don't know why he doesn't do that at least once a game, but I digress. It was a power play goal where Horvat set up kind of in the... I don't know. How would you call that? The higher slot uh, between the circles. And he just ripped it on Ned and it went past Huso and was sick. Um, I was bomb. really happy for Bo. Uh, but yeah, it's like, I don't know The big story of this game was Lane Lambert Made a big change in the third period to start it And this took all the headlines Lane Lambert switched Matt Barzal to the third line Put Oliver Wallstrom on the first line uh, Let it be known I'm sick of Wallstrom shit I don't want to see him in the Islanders lineup I'm over this kid, I've been over him since the summer I gave him a clean start to the season It's not it's not working, I'm just fed up With whatever Wally's doing out there But, you know, to digress a little bit Matt Barzal's the best player of the team You don't have to make that switch. But if you look at the analytics, um, and this is a lame argument for anyone who follows baseball and you see all the analytical failures over there like Kevin Cash uh, pulling Blake Snell in the World Series a few years back. It's one of those things where the analytics told Lane to make a decision because the Barzal line was getting lit up, and then Barzal went to new line mates, and Lee and, Wo- and Horvat together just irked me after last season. I don't want to see that anymore. But it was a really brutal performance by both lines. They let Detroit right back in the game because we couldn't get an offensive possession uh, because the first line was really slow, and Wallstrom flubbed the second goal and kind of let it go in, but or didn't make a real effort to block it. But yeah, besides that, you know they could have been better in the game. I threw blame on Twitter on Poole Lock, but you know, I think Lane's in charge of the structure, so it should have been able to hold a little better. Um, yeah, the defense didn't look great in the third, but besides that, this fall of Dobson still on, so that's pretty sick. AJ, I'll kick it back to you. What do you think of the Lambert uh, line change he made?
0: Um, I didn't agree with it, obviously, but you could see what he was trying to do, it just didn't work and it backfired. I know Barzell had a quote saying that more times than not, Wayne makes that move and it works. So he's not, like, freaking out about it, I guess. Which is a cool, it, you know, Barzal is pretty honest with the media. That's what all the, that's what they, the media guys for the New York Islanders say, at least, that Barzal is pretty good. He's not going to really fluff answers like some guys will. He'll keep it pretty honest. He hasn't had the greatest start to the year, but it hasn't been bad by any stretch. We know there's more for Matt Barzal to give, but I've been seeing people complain about Barzal, especially tonight after the Washington game, I'm not really gonna complain. What does he have? Six points in nine games. For now, that's fine. Wait for the, wait for the Lions to cook a little bit more. I don't like Lee on the first line. We'll get into that later, though. Um, I'm not worried about Matt Barzal at all. I'd not. You said he's our best player, which is probably factually correct. I don't know though. It's kind of tough. He's skater, good. To be yeah. best skater by far, but. Um, it's really tough. Nelson's really fucking good. Dobson, I I don't I won't say Noah Dobson's better than Barzal yet, but right now Noah Dobson, nine games into the season, is a point per game player for the New York Islanders. We haven't had a point per game player. Yes, only nine games. But we haven't had a point per game player since um, Barzal's rookie year. Noah Dobson's more likely than not not going to put up 82 points this year, but the fact that he's really broken out and is even doing this while looking very good defensively, I'm not going to say great, I'm not going to say amazing, he's at least looking average to above average defensively. He's eating minutes, and he's putting up numbers offensively. What more can you ask from the guy that we literally gave so much crap to the entire summer and the first game of the year? He really has put up and not shut up. Love to see it out of Dobson. And this is what we needed from him.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. Pump Dobson's tires whenever you can because, you know, he might plateau and hit like a 50, 60 point pace. I think he's going to take a step past 50, whatever he does, so maybe high 50s or late 50s to early 60s in terms of point total, but you know he's tracking towards a point per game as a defenseman, which is like Norris level, so we'll see. I don't think he's a Norris level defenseman, but I think he's very good, and he's leveling up again, which is something AJ tweeted a couple times. It's completely accurate. He's evolving his game. He's taking another step. Uh, We'll get into injuries and stuff in a minute, but also want to shout out Kyle Palmieri. He's been great this year so far. Bo Quivers, Horvat, uh, Bowie Wowie himself has been really good, so it's good. I mean, the vibes are all right, even though the loss was bad. I don't agree with the line change per se, but I don't think it's something that should be on Lambert's um, Lambert's obituary that he made a change that led to the Islanders dropping one point because the Islanders have suffered far Worse stretches than they are right now. Um, as this is the best opening stretch since I think 2014 was the number I'm seeing. So, yeah, that's that's overall the vibes on this one. Detroit, it was a bummer. Vibes inside UBS were fine. Um, yeah, I, I don't know strange game but we'll move on to the capitals game tonight so the islanders beat the washington capitals three to nothing in one of those you know it's funny enough the detroit game we did win the money puck deserved to win a meter and we only got one play in that game i think it was like a 60 to 40 split and then this game against the capitals it was 75 percent capitals to 25 percent islanders so i thought that was funny but we beat the capitals three to nothing tonight um absolutely really fun game for an islanders fan it felt like barry trot's hockey we are back i mean like it was one of those games Varley's been playing out of his mind this year well i will give you a chance to give Varley his flowers in a minute but three goals for the Islanders you know the mighty New York Islanders uh, we played really well didn't really have any like strong takes on this one it just felt like a throwback Islanders win AJ how did you feel about this one
0: like you said well you didn't say it but we're all thinking it shithouse Islanders hockey pretty much we had two shots in the first period both of them were goals Both of them were goals. Ryan Pulak, a lot of people were on Ryan Pulak's ass, and you know what? Rightfully so, he is making a lot of money. He does have to step up a little bit. What does he do? 20 seconds into the game, or 30 seconds into the game, he scores a goal. People, uh, I know Jay Fresh put out that chart saying the hardest shots per player Pulak's since maybe 2019 or 2021, I forget what year it was, I don't think it was just last year. But Jay twenty one to present, yeah. Gotcha. So twenty twenty-one to the present day. Ryan Pulak led the league in hardest shots, shots over a hundred miles per hour. I forget what the exact statistic was. But pretty much Pulak has the hardest shot. He takes the most hardest shots and he doesn't have score goals on these hardest shots. So Rightfully so, people are, or I think it was over 100 miles per hour the shot was, just to clarify. But I understand our fan base wants to see better out of him. He's not playing great defensively, and offensively, he hasn't been great either the last few years. Under Barry Trotz, he became a shutdown defenseman, which is fine because he was one of the best in the league, but he needs to kind of pick his path similar to Noah Dobson. And I I wasn't worried about him. I was saying he'll be fine. And I'm very happy to see what he did tonight, getting a goal. Uh, I didn't watch the entire game like with my notepad. So Ryan, did he look fine defensively tonight? I'd assume so if we had a shutout.
1: Yeah, yeah, Pulak, Pulak and Rom were fine as far. It wasn't a good defensive game for everyone in their own zone. Um, the Capitals took a lot of shots. They weren't like high quality shots. They were mostly low quality chances, but they took a lot of them. So I mean, Varley against low danger chances is, you know, a Greek God, like he's absolutely awesome. I like, guess, you know, he was wonderful. against them. Pulak looked fine in his own end, but Every game, we should just start off by sending either Pulak or Dobson down the ice to fire a shot on the other ge- or the other goaltender, just to wake him up and test him out. Because if Pulak's firing 100 plus, and I think Dobson had to have been somewhere on that list, uh, he's definitely broken 100 before, if not high 90s. Just, just give it a go. Have the two of them shoot on net. Just wake the other goalie up. Uh, so that was the first goal of the night. Right as the game starts, and the Capitals take momentum back for a couple minutes. Um, They basically keep it for most of the first period And then the Islanders score their second goal of the game Which was by the absolute buzzsaw of a third line Um, I'm guessing this line's praises because these are my guys Simon Holmstrom, JG Paggio, and uh, Hudson Fashing reformed the new third line Um, Analytically our best line of the night Very high on these guys I think that the two wingers both play a very analytically sound game Between Fashing being an energy guy And Holmstrom being a very technically sound hockey player and they you know even though Padfield might never have that offensive upside he had when he first got here and in the 2021 season you know if they can create just a buzzsaw of a third line with these guys and get a couple goals like the one they scored tonight which was an absolute beautiful goal by Hudson or by Simon Holmstrom with some nice link up play with Hudson Fashing. it was it was absolutely wonderful really high on these guys um AJ I want to show so I uh, want to show only some love here
0: of course, love Simon baby. He this guy only scores bangers. It's a little weird it's it's really cool, but it's also kind of ridiculous. like get one greasy goal. come on, Simon. He doesn't have an assist yet either this year, which is fine. I really do like the third line. It looked really good tonight from when I was watching. It makes sense because I know um our friends of the podcast, uh, Desmond from Through the Island, he basically said and it makes total sense. Why, how is it gonna work with Anders Lee on that wing? It's really not. Fashing is the perfect guy to help Simon Holmstrom get, you know, get behind the net, get in the dirty areas, let Simon allow, allow Simon to do Simon things. While Fashing is also gonna be an uh an energy, an energy bunny, energizer bunny. There we go. English. Uh, an energizer bunny behind the net and win pucks back. And is just a perfect player for both of them. It's a real perfect fit for the three of them. And my only kind of interesting question or concern to you, Ryan, is where does Zach Parise fit on his team if he comes back in November or December, if we do bring him back?
1: Uh, That's a good question. Um, You know, it depends on him getting up to speed. But, you know, overall, I I don't have too much. Like, that, that Hudson bashing spot would be where I put him. Um, and if Hudson's going to maintain that spot, then, yeah, you know, I'll keep him, keep him there. But, you know, Zach, if Zach can make, Zach comes back, he makes the team and he makes it over like Wallstrom or Gautier, who a lot of the Gautier praise is unheralded. He hasn't done anything for this team at the NHL level yet. He could be something. He's still a box. He isn't a boat. He's a box. Um, so we'll see what happens with Godier. But I just think, you know, give Simon like five to ten games of run on this line because it's looking really promising. He scored, you know, for his ice time, he scored a ton of goals last year. Ten goals. But- and, you know, he's a pretty promising player. He's, he's one of the faster players. Or not faster players the week in the league, but looking at his NHL edge earlier today, he between 18 and 20 mile per hour bursts, he was one of the highest in the league. So he's just constantly going fast and fast like a hedgehog, like Sonic. So, you know, I don't, I don't mind Hudson. I think he's good there. If it has to be precise spot, you take that spot back for Zach. But let's just see what this line can do. Because ideally, going into the season, I think me, you, and Jake. We all agreed that this would be our fourth line. Uh, Would be Fashing, um, Sezekis, and Holmstrom. And now it's just moved up to the wingers on the third due to the identity line resurgence we're going on right now.
0: Yeah, and you can't break up the fourth line now. They're awesome. They're awesome again. They're great again. The fourth line's the fourth line. As uh, Steeler fans like myself will know, Mike Tomlin's main, one of his main sayings, the standard is the standard. That is the fourth line once again. Clutterbuck's been incredible. Martin's been very good. Zizekas has been one of the better players on our team. The standard is the standard with the fourth line. You know what you're getting out of them every night. The only issue with everyone is kind of just easing up on the penalties, and that's not directed to the fourth line at all. The team itself needs to stop taking a lot of bonehead penalties. It's early in the year. The refs are going to be whistle happy, penalty happy, whatever you want to call it. This happens every single year, so I think by the time it's uh, end of December, early January, the refs will probably ease up on the, the power plays hopefully, but you also can't give them these opportunities to call these power plays if you want to blame that on the guys, you can blame them on the guys if you want to blame them on the coach, you can blame them on the coach I guess. I mean, I don't really think Lane Lambert's in practice teaching them how to take penalties, so you know i know a lot of people have been complaining about that which it's you know it's a fair complaint you can't really do too much unless your case you is against detroit when you're on the penalty kill it's kind of hard to score goals on the penalty kill so i get it it's not good and they've taken a lot of bad and stupid penalties but i think once the season gets a little bit more older uh the penalties will probably get called a little bit less frequently
1: yeah, it's like uh, penalties never got called during the Barry Trotz years. Um, people forget about that. But, um, yeah, it's, it's 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 annoying. I mean, like, you know, penalties happen. We win the penalty difference some nights, but then some nights it's just absurd, and we take six penalties in the second period. So it's just the players playing tired. I think that's the biggest thing where – I know it's a bummer to say in the first month of the season, but that Mayfield injury really, like, took a toll on our defense probably fatigue and stamina. It did. Um, I don't think they're really going to catch their breath until the West Coast trip um, where they get a couple days off to travel again. But it's just like, man, that was a hard stretch of games without like a guy you consider not your in your four best defensemen, but he gets top four minutes.
0: No, we talked about that a lot this week, too, in our group chats and our text messages. Sam Bullduke is not an NHL defenseman. It sucks. It's very unfortunate. We all want to see... Bull Duke take that next step after being an AHL All-Star last year. He hasn't and he's been a liability on the back end. In the Detroit game he made a very bad mistake. It was a very nice play by Daniel Sprong, but it was a very costly mistake leading to a 2-on-1 and allowing Sprong to just toe drag it around and tuck it tucking against Broken, very nice goal, but regardless, you can't let them get that 2-on-1 there. Bull Duke has been sheltered, he's been giving very uh he's been getting less than 8 minutes a night. There's no reason for him to be playing only eight minutes a night. If he's not good enough, he shouldn't be here. The issue is you can't send him down to Bridgeport. Well, you can, but you have to put him on waivers. And your other options behind him aren't good enough. Right now, Adam Pellick might be hurt for a little while. We're not too sure he injured his hip. We don't know what's going on. But if he's not going to be here for a while, right now pick up Jordan Osterley on waivers. I'm not going to give this guy, you know, a swan song, Uh, saying he's the next... Kael McCar, or Chris Prong, or whatever you want to call him. We can't have Sam Bolduke playing six minutes a night and let Noah Dobson and Alexander Romanov and Pulak... Because I, I was going to say Pelak, but Pelak's hurt. We can't have these guys playing over 25 minutes every single night. They're going to get worn down, they're going to get hurt, and they're going to be exhausted by the end of the year. They need to play... Uh, a good amount of minutes you know they got to ha- they got to play their time but they're playing their time and above because Sam Bolduke's just such a liability right now and can't be trusted. Yeah. I
1: uh, 100% agree on Bolduke. So I really think you you're onto something there. And I'm not a big Bolduke guy. I'm not a Bolduke believer. Um you know Think he's kind of been trashed so far this year, and a lot of people have come back to me and they've been like, "Oh, he has cold feet. He doesn't. He he can't get involved when he has eight minutes of ice time." And I throw back at you, Sebastian, who started last year playing like six, seven, eight minutes a game, and he was able to lock it down, play consistently good, not make terrible mistakes, and eventually his ice time increased throughout the season to now where he's a pretty much locked lock in our top six. So there's a way to go about it. I know Bolduk's still young and he should be allowed to make mistakes, but he's not on the team that's gonna allow him to make mistakes because the islanders need the defense to play structured and limit turnovers as much as penalties so that's uh that's a big factor for us the thing on Bullduke now, if Pelic is hurt, Pelic is a left-hand defenseman, I have always said it, we're very thin on the right side of the defense, so we don't have right-handed defensemen. Um, I'd give Bullduke a game on his good hand. He's a lefty, naturally. So he was playing on his offhand for the majority of his time to start the uh, his his kind of tenure this year. I'd give him one more game on his like proper hand because our left side order would go Ram Navajo getting the primary minutes and then maybe just have him sheltered with Mayfield. I'm fine with that. But then aside from those two um, or that kind of setup, on the right you have Dobson, you have Pulak, you have Mayfield. You feel very strongly about how good they are on the right, even though they're a little weaker on the left. But mm-hmm. I agree on Osterlein. I think you might as well just grab him.
0: There's no reason not to. It would suck to lose Bull Duke on waivers, and you probably do if you put him out there, so I get why people wouldn't want to, but we got to kind of worry. I, I don't want to be overreacting to game nine in the season. We got to get as many points as we can now, and for the long run, we got to make sure our guys will be healthy for later on in the year. It sucks, but you're going to have to make a decision if you want to have Noah Dobson and continu- continuously playing near 26, 27 minutes a night, which he's looked very well in that spot so far. He's looked great. I'm very happy for Noah. But that's going to take a toll on him. He hasn't done this before in his career. I know he played 24, I think, was his max when we were bad the COVID year. I believe he averaged around 23.5 or 24. I, I could be wrong about that, so don't hold me to it. You don't want to have all these guys tired out while we might be needing to make a playoff push towards the end of the year. That's just a recipe for for disaster. And if you can nip it in the butt now, you might as well. And then you could just keep Jordan Osterley as a fine 7D. He's nothing special. He's nothing great. But he's a proven NHL defenseman, and you can't get these guys for cheap. We were talking about this the other day. If you look at the guys that signed contracts, not many of them are really one good or two NHL quality that have played over 200 games. The one guy you could say has been pretty good this year or decent is former New York Islander Calvin DeHaan. He's had a pretty good go, I recall, with the Tampa Bay Lightning. I could be wrong about that, but I've seen some, uh, I know he's always pretty, not pretty high, but the advanced stats usually like him because he, you know, eats up shots and all that, but he's been pretty good on the game charts when I've been looking at them. And he's making 950 a year in Tampa Bay, so yeah, good for Calvin. It's-
1: It's the divide between, uh, yeah, and shout out to Han, but um, it's the divide between like how hockey works in the NHL video games and how it works in real life. You can't get a really decent to good defenseman unless they're like Zach Bogosian for league minimum or like, you know, sometimes people go to like Florida because of no state tax or Toronto because that's their hometown. But if you're a market like the Islanders and they aren't like, you know, a guy growing up from Long Island, um, they're probably not going to come back and sign you for like a million dollars, which is the tough reality of things but we could have used a seventh defenseman but everyone was so impressed by bull myself included that we thought we'd give him a shot i think he deserves one more shot on his proper hand but i'm not losing sleep if you don't give it to him and move on um yeah, but that's the defenseman discourse. I think that's pretty good. I checked Dobson played 22 minutes during the COVID season. So, God you know, uh, right now he's at 25 minutes a night. That's not sustainable. It's going to have to come down eventually. But for his point-per-game narrative, he, it doesn't hurt that he's getting three extra minutes a night. So, it's it's good stuff. Um, he's also killing some penalties now, which is interesting. Also, uh, no, Brock Nelson scored the third goal in this game. Uh, the Capitals had zero. Varley with another shutout. And uh, Sorokin and Varley, we talked about this last pod, AJ. I wanted to get your take on it. Um, of goalies you've seen in your lifetime for the Islanders, where does Varlamov slot, slot end?
0: Um, where I've seen? Of guys I've yeah, seen? Yeah, yes.
1: So, you could either... I mean, the approach me and Jake took to this question was the all-time. But just to make it a little more easy, like, of the ones you've seen, not favorite, best.
0: Probably number two. He's... He's—he, I mean, he's been better than DiPietro. Pietro he's probably number 3 or 4 within the franchise's history which is really weird to think about but i mean the game's a game he's been awesome he's been clutch for how many years now since 2019 20 since he came here he's last been awesome seasons. that's half a decade of pure class pretty much he, i know last year he had a little bit of a rough go but he still was he still was very good to a, at least above average and he got paid and he's balling right now too so i would you gotta go i want to say Sorokin one but not yet talent wise sure i mean yeah no shit the game is very different from back then billy smith has four cups so you, it's kind of hard to take that away from him for now, once uh, Sorokin gets a Vesna, I think it's you can make that argument a little bit more clear. I know I asked some of my friends that are older, and they've watched Billy Smith. I'm like, do you guys think Sorokin's better than him? He's like, yes, skill-wise, but you're not going to say it until he wins a Vesna. So that's fair. Uh, so I guess Smith 1, Sorokin 2. I guess, Yeah, go Chico. Uh, Chico Rush 3rd, and then Varley 4th. I don't. I wasn't around to really watch Chico, so I just know people talk about him very highly and how incredible he was, and he was a great team guy, great backup, and he was a great goalie when he played. They just had one of the best goalies in the league in front of him in Billy Smith.
1: Who do you have fifth?
0: Um, fifth? Ooh, I mean...
1: I have Kelly Rudy in my four, so that's right after Chico. Same top three and then Rudy, and then Barley. But I think Barley can a chase shout.
0: Rudy. I Not with the Islanders, but if you want to pick like the best name, you can go Ron Hextall. <laughs> he was fucking awful for the Islanders, though. Um, I mean, Rudy... Uh, yeah, Rudy's a fine shout. Nabokov was good. Uh, I kind of want to say Dwayne Rolison. I think that'd be a fun answer. I think Over think D- lock I, yo, I'm not going to lie. I kind of forgot Yaroslav. Yeah, I'll go Yaroslav Halak. Halak's a good answer. Halak,
1: Reiser, Leonard. I mean, there's. there's Nah, you can't go
0: Leonard. He's only there for a year. He was good, but.
1: What I've started to think is in the same way where the New York Mets, when you think of them, you think of the pitching. Uh, You think of Seaver and Grom and Gooden, and they have a rich lineage of pitchers. I think in the same vein, you think of goaltending in the New York Islanders. And I think that's going to be, you know, the defining characteristic of the franchise. I think to some extent, that's probably why they took um, DiPietro so high, because they thought that's like a pillar of the franchise, goaltending throughout the years, and we've kind of seen it's accurate. But now we're pretty much set up in net for the next two years at least, um, with Varley backing up to Ilya. And we'll see how many more years Ilya gets on top of that, of being an elite goalie. We all think it's going to be eight. We'll see if it's all eight, if it's seven of the eight. But I would bet my money it's eight for Ilya. Ilya, even though he had his worst game of the season against Detroit, still at a very elite level. He
0: was insane against Detroit still.
1: It was insane against Detroit. I mean, it wasn't his best game because, like, some of the. I wouldn't even blame most of the goals on him. It was just like, you know, it wasn't like Varley would have stopped there. It. it wasn't like. It was goals that he could have had, but not he should have had, if that makes sense.
0: That's fair. But also, he made many, many incredible Crazy saves, saves that no goal yeah. in the league's making. Like, he robbed the at least twice, if not three times. I know he hit the post once as well, but. He robbed DeBrink in overtime. That would have just been like the absolute worst watching Brinken score. And no one booed DeBrink which was, I was a little surprised about. I wasn't sure what was going to happen. I booed. The uh, entirety of the fan base did not boo. Unlike for no one, no,
1: no one really booed. No one really knew why I was booing in my section. And I was like, all right, I guess, I guess we're not cool anymore. I guess, I guess we don't do this anymore. It's, I guess I don't, I don't, I don't think it's a response to Goudreau. I think people just weren't that aware of the Debrinket stuff because it was really just Dave Magnata and Rosner and Gross on Twitter. It wasn't like something. Unless you were like checking Newsday, it wasn't like the whole world thought the Islanders might have got this guy. I don't know. It,
0: it was. It's kind of like the same. It's kind of the same thing because Pagnata was the one to link us to Gaudreau. I know, and I don't really think Gross or Ros. Like I know Rosner wasn't as massive as he is now. Obviously, within the Islanders community, I know he's been around for a few years and he's been doing a great job. But like now, Rosner's looked at as probably the main or the second guy on the New York Islanders beat right now. They were both saying. I know definitely Gross was saying that he heard what what was his exact terms. Uh, there's smoke or something or something. There's that smoke S-
1: between the Islanders and the Brinkhead. I think was his exact tweet, which I'll probably be ripping off in a couple of months when I start losing my mind at this team. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, like it. I don't know. I just felt like it wasn't. I, maybe they didn't get it, or maybe they just like collectively decided to be the bigger person, which for Islanders fans nope. I can't believe to be the case, but no chance. hey, maybe maybe they did. And honestly, that would be pretty impressive if they decided that was the route they wanted to go down. Um, I, don't, I, I don't think nope. so, though. I booed, I, I booed Wayne, got the puck, and then after a couple times, I was like, all right, no one else is doing it. Um, I'm not going to boo that much.
0: Yeah, I mean, it would have been funny if they booed. Did PLD even get booed when he went back to Winnipeg the other week? Yeah, he got
1: booed. Good. Big
0: time. Even though there was only like 1,500 in the crowd or 15,000? Yeah, booing
1: booing isn't dead. I mean, booing is completely fine. It's good. It's encouraged. But booing's not dead. But back to the present, you know, three points out four for the Islanders, five, five, two, and two overall record. Uh, a lot of encouraging signs for this team. I think we all agree this is a superior group to last season, even with the absence of Zach Grise, which I don't want to keep beating the drum, but I still feel like he's coming back. Um, and that will even elevate this group further if he doesn't kind of burn out from not getting training camp, which is a genuine concern. Um, let's just do quick, like, you know, state of the roster. AJ, how do you feel about the first line at the moment? The um, the Barzal-Andersley-Bo Horvath line?
0: Uh, I wish I could say I felt I feel a lot better. Bo Horvat's awesome. I love Bo Horvat. I know people were concerned about Bo Horvat going into this year. There is no concern for me, at least, about Bo Horvat anymore. He's proven his worth. He's earned his pinstripes. We know what we're getting out of him. He's a great, great, great player. Barzal, he could be a little bit better. I'm not worried about him yet. Some people are. It's Barzal. We know what we're getting out of him. He'll he'll turn up eventually. We need to see some more goals out of him. Only one goal in nine games. I expect a little bit better out of the guy, but it'll come. I'm not worried. The issue is Anders Lee, obviously. Anders Lee, uh, me and Anders Lee, my good pal, the captain, number 27, Anders freaking Lee. Not Anders IE, just to confuse you guys with um, friend of the pod Steve. Lee's been bad. He's been awful. He's been atrocious, making way too much money, has two points. Both points were in the same game, the Colorado game. He needs to be a lot better. I tried putting out a tweet today to motivate him and maybe get some good juju and make him score a goal. It didn't work. Anders Lee couldn't even score a goal with my good Juju. But people were very upset with him. But you said he had a good he had an alright game today as a typical Anders Lee game. I see a lot of people complaining about that. Um Andres Lee, we need better out of you. I'm, I, The slate's not clean anymore. He needs to get it going, but I'm not going to completely shit myself when we win a game 3-0 like other people will. It's just not the right time to be bitching about Andres Lee. We won 3-0. It could be a lot worse. I get it. It's very frustrating watching him play and watching him ghost and watching him do nothing at all. We won 3 nothing though. Try to enjoy the moment a little bit. That's all I'm going to say. This isn't at anyone specifically. I just saw a lot of Lee complaining at under um, the New York Islanders Twitter uh, account after we won. Like, I get it. He's been bad. Enjoy the win for five minutes. We could talk about Lee tomorrow.
1: Yep, and give the first line a grade through this point of the season.
0: Uh, Letter grade, I will give them... I'll give them a B. It's... Horvat deserves an A. Barzal deserves a B. Lee deserves an F. So maybe a B minus. I guess a B minus.
1: Yeah, an F is tough. Um, I'd say, you know, similar veins. um, You know, you've nailed it there. Barzal's been okay uh, to good. Most games he's been good. Some games he's lagged behind. I think Bo's been great. Happy with the investment so far. Anders has been bad. I'm going to go with this line, giving Barzal a B, Horvat an A-, and then Lee's going to get a D on my end. He really needs to step it up, or this is going to be a really rough season for him. I still think the best place for him is the second line, but we'll get into it now. The second line is absolutely incredible. I give the first line overall a C-plus grade. Um, Going into the second line, you know, the perfection line, Engbal's been absolutely incredible. He hasn't scored a goal yet, but he's been a revelation in the top six. Uh, Nelson's been really good, as he always does scoring goals not assisting as many this year but you know definitely scoring at a very high clip this year for brock and it's October, and now we roll into brock Vember. so he's moving and grooving we love brock nelson don't we folks uh then kyle Palmieri he's back he hasn't had his yearly injury yet um he might have gotten out of the way in the preseason but love kp love everything he brings to this team and this is kind of you know the hottest he's ever been as an islander he's our second leading scorer next to noah dobson at this point eight points in um, nine games for kyle and he's about to play carolina who he he Quite often, Daddy, so uh, th- that's going to be fun this weekend. Um, love Palmieri. I think he's having a very good year, and I'd like to see where he can keep going from here. Um, overall, giving this line an easy A. The easiest A I gave out. All three players get an A. Um, thought about giving Engvall a B plus because he hasn't scored a goal yet, but if the line's just guy to keep producing like it is, I'm not going to hold anything against him. AJ, what are your thoughts on the second line?
0: Uh, you're spot on there. The one thing that I am missing a little bit, and hopefully it comes back, is the Harlem Globetrotter esque that 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 line did have the first few games? Like everything they did was like chemistry on a on point to a max T. It hasn't felt like you know the drop passes as much. Maybe they told him to cut that out at practice, but it isn't feeling as like flashy as it was the first few games. But it's still just as effective. This is a Kyle Palmieri. Kyle Palmieri, excuse me, we traded for a few years ago. We've never seen him score at this clip. I know he has, he's had hot runs like last year during the um, California road trip. He was absolutely buzzing. I think he had, like, I think he scored a hat trick and then had another really good game. But he right now he has what do we say eight and nine or seven and nine? He's been absolutely incredible. This is what we've been wanting from him. And as long as he can stay healthy, I don't see why this can't be a thing. He's not going to put up 70 plus points more likely than not. But if you get over 55 points out of Kyle Palmieri, 60 points, that's awesome. That's incredible. I would have signed up for that in a heartbeat. And he's doing, you know, he's playing well in his own end too. So he's doing it all. Love Kyle Palmieri. Angvol people have complained about, some uh people have complained about. He's been fine, he's been good. He's like we know what he is. Offensively, good. Four checking, incredible. Defensively, fine. He could be better some games. I'm not worried about it. He wasn't great the Detroit game. I'm not gonna freak out about it. And Brock Nelson might be the best player on this team. We'll see. Uh that nah, I don't honestly I think it's Horvat. I'm and I'm very happy to say I think Bo Horvat is the best player I all around on our hockey team. That takes a lot for me to say that, because I was hyping up the Brock train all year, but I'll give them an A-plus. They've been awesome, man.
1: Impressive. Um, yeah, I mean, skater, it's it's close. It's it's really close, but at this point of the season, I think, you know, Noah's going to get best skater and Brock's going to be second. Um to this point, and then Bo's third. But, you know, you're not going to get any complaints from me if you have those guys in any order. They've all been awesome. Uh, third line, we could just call it, like, out the pieces here, just call each one of them out. Uh, Godier gets an incomplete. I don't even want to grade him because he's got one game where the team played like shit. I don't think he's very good as an NHL player, but he has good traits. Um, I don't know if, you know, he'll really get lineup time here. But as an extra piece, he could be good. Who knows? Uh, Wallstrom has not been good. He's been very bad. Absolute F. Just done with this guy. Um, it's a bummer to say because everyone, all the best people, you know, have Oliver Wallstrom jerseys. Um, I, I have a lot of friends who have Wally jerseys who believe in this kid. And um, yeah, it sucks. He lets him down. Uh, Simon, I think, has been excellent. You could put him on the first line here for the exercise, but just to put him on the third because that's where he's now. I think he's been very good. He hasn't really done everything you want from him, but he's definitely had a B. And then Fash... I don't know, he's only had two games. So I give him a, a C-plus so far. He was fine the first two games of the season, um, and then I think, I guess he's had three because he played tonight as well, and he got an assist, so he's been fine for what he is. He's had some passion groups, and we love this guy. And then for Paggio, um, you know, love J.J.P. He's been working really, really hard this year. Hasn't on the puck luck he probably deserves, so I'll probably give him a, a C-plus, even though I feel like that's a little lenient but for the money he makes, but even though he doesn't really have much output point wise. I give him a C plus just
0: for working hard. Uh, I'll start it from I guess best grade to the lowest. I'm not gonna grade fashion. I want to see him more. I'm not gonna grade Gautier. Fashing I fashion will be fashion like you said. I'm not worried about that at all. He looked awesome tonight. But starting from the top, Simon Holmstrom, I'd give him. I'd give him an A minus. This guy, you know, he's not gonna put up a lot of points. We know that he scored two. Banger, banger goal so far this year. He's really turning into an incredibly gifted two way forward in the NHL. Very trustworthy, as we know. He's very good on the penalty kill. This guy's going to be around for a while. He's so young. He's so talented. If he can grow offensively, he's going to be a star in this league. You know, he's not going to get the name recognition like Trevor Zegris, who puts up two points. But Simon Holmstrom, he's going to be a star for the New York Islanders if he could put up. If he puts up 55 or 60 plus points in the year, he's going to be like a Josh Bailey 2.0. And I know that's what Ian, uh, who was on the last podcast, shout out Ian, said he's Swedish Josh Bailey. That's perfect. That's all we need from him. That would be incredible. So I'll give him a B plus. I'll give Pajot a B. I'm, you know, uh, we all know how much I love Pajot here and how underappreciated I do feel that he is on the New York Islanders. He does have to score more. He does have to produce more. He did get an assist tonight, but we do want to see more out of 44. I just think his two way game is incredible. What he does for the penalty kill is very good. He always can take that next step and be better. Hopefully he does, but I still feel like a B is. Maybe me being a bit too nice to him, but I still think he's a very underrated piece to this team. And then Walshroom, he has been bad. I'll give him I'll give him a D minus. It's been very underwhelming. I feel like people might be a little like maybe 1% too harsh on him, but the 99% has been bad. So I really don't feel like it's too unfair to not be too lenient towards Oliver Wallstrom.
1: Yeah. Yeah it's it's weird with the surgery and everything but it's also just being i don't know the f- second he said he wants to be a power forward i'm just like the least athletic guy on the team is the power forward and you're telling us you don't want to be athletic which makes you sound lazy um i can't get that quote out of my head maybe he meant it in good faith but it's just like annoying uh fourth line, fourth line revival. I've been very happy with the fourth line. Uh, By you know, expected gold percentage, it's been a top 30 line in the angel this year. So that's that's fun um, for the analytics community. Um, I give Clutterbuck and A. I think he's been one of the best players on the team this year. I think he's been phenomenal. Killing penalties until the past two games, he's been really one of the highlights. But, you know, give Callis flowers. Casey's been really good, as always. He's back to himself. Uh, Martin's still a step behind, but I think he's better than most of the other options that we have. I think most of the other options we have are third-line wingers. And, Ro- you know, Ross was the only Matt Maron replacement, but you have to stick with Matt Marin when was in good form. And, yeah, that's overall what I have for the three of them. I'm giving them a an a so far this year. The individual pieces add up for a B plus, but they're the better than the sum of their parts as they always are with the Identity line. And they come together and make an A line and uh getting a little sentimental in case this is it for the identity line, but I think I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt. I got a little Twitter spat with someone who was like, You gotta you gotta bench them, you gotta give them rest days. And I'm like, you know, this they, they work best when they don't get rest days. They need to just play together every night and let's see how many games for the New York Islanders these guys can get before they're done. You got to let
0: the boys be the boys. I agree. I would, How do you feel about rotations too? If you could throw that in, stupid. I get it. It makes sense, but it's not the NBA. It's a different league. It's a different sport. You're gonna piss more guys off than help them. Do you think Cal Clutterbuck wants to be benched for a, uh, what's that called? What do they call it in the NBA?
1: Uh, G-Leaguer? Role player? No, um, no, no. What but... do
0: they call, it, like, when the star play? No, not the Cal Clutterbuck. Oh, rest days. Um, like, they have a special name for it that's stupid, and I hate it. And oh, dumb uh, load management. Load management. You think Cal Clutterbuck wants, wants to go through a load management night and be eating chicken tenders in the press box? No, he's going to smash a wall and break someone's face. Stupid. Um, I don't think... If the guy's banged up, I understand, but these guys want to play they're very competitive they're not going to want to have a night off and not be in the room with their boys or on the ice on the bank they want to be out there at all times so i get it it makes sense but it's not a video game you gotta manage these guys like they're professional athletes
1: yeah i hear you there um yeah cal corner he's not cole caulfield like he he has a big body he could take a hit He's fine. Leave leave Cal alone. He he can play in this league. Uh but overall you're great for the line. Uh I'll give him
0: I'll give Martin a B plus. He's been he's been good, don't get me wrong, but I think I, I feel like an A would just be a little bit too nice. I'll give uh Zizek and Clutterbuck both A's and you can honestly give Clutterbuck an A plus, but I'm giving the line an A. I'm very, very happy with how they've been so far.
1: Oh, mobility scored. Um, in his 500th um, NHL goal, that pro- game, not goal. 500 games for Bo makes me feel old. Um, but yeah, fourth line's been good on the decor. Really quick, we can just run through grades for these guys after Dobson. But Dobson revenge tour, A One of the best players on the team. Very proud of Noah. Uh, bullying works, folks. It's it's all uphill from here. Very happy we had this effect on the young man's life, and he can keep going from here.
0: A plus plus. Who honestly would have thought that Noah Dobson would be this incredible. Not me. I didn't I it it was very possible that would happen. I don't think many of us really expected it to happen though.
1: Yep. Um and then I guess rest of the defense, Pelic, you know, a little bit of a down year. I'm gonna give him a C plus. He's had some really good games, had some mediocre games. I think the, you know, playing so many games has hurt him. But hopefully, you know, either Either he is banged up and needs to take it some time away, hip injury really scares me, but we'll see what it is and we'll see how he reacts.
0: I'll give him a C plus, but kinda like what you said I'm agreeing with. I think definitely having Bull Duke out there makes everyone else have to work harder, which hasn't been helping him at all. So I just want to see everyone with all six NHL yes, NHL, sorry Sam Bull Duke, uh defensemen in. It makes it, it makes life easier for everyone else, so it makes sense.
1: Yep. Um. And then next up, second pair. Really quick on this one. It's not too much. You know, I think uh, Romanello's been good. I'll give him a B. Pulak's putting it together. I'll give him a B as well. I think just overall they've been shut down. Rough game against Detroit, but the rest of the season they've been really good. So as a pair, I give them a B.
0: I'll give them a B plus. I think they've been very good. They literally only let up their first. Five-on-five five goal against Detroit. Um, I know offensively they haven't done much either, but Romano's been good. He's been real good. Uh, he c- he can still take that next level. I'll give him a little bit more time. I think he will You know, be as good as he was last year, shut down defenseman. Pulak, we'll see what happens. He said uh, he was talking to Hickey on the broadcast. Well, not on the broadcast, but Hickey mentioned on the broadcast that Pulak said he's been clutching his stick a little bit too hard, double-clutching shots, passes, overthinking the game a little bit. He's gonna mellow out, he's gonna be fine, he's gonna be good, I'm not worried. I will give them I'll give him a B, but I expect them to be a B plus to an A next time we do this.
1: Yep, agreed. Um other than that, the third pair, Scotty, we will give him an incomplete two games. He was awesome in both games. Just please stay healthy, man. We really miss you. I, I would never thought I'd miss Scott Mayfield as much as I have the past few games. Uh, Sebi's been good. Sebi's at B+. plus. Really impressed by Sebi, as always. Um, some games he's looked absolutely wonderful. Some games he's looked kind of poor. But for the most part, for being your sixth defenseman, or he should be your sixth defenseman, he's been doing his job. Duke gets a D. I think it would be a little cruel to give him an F because he hasn't really, like, blown up poorly because he hasn't had that much ice time, but he has made a couple big mistakes that, you know, have cost the Islanders at least one point at this point in the season. So we'll see if he puts it together now with Pellikurd. But um, you know, no faith in him really as a future piece at this point.
0: Yeah, uh I agree. I feel I, I don't I know I've been mean to bullduke. I'll give him a D minus. I'll give Aho what'd you give Aho? A B? A B plus? B plus. I'll give Ajo a B. I do want to see him. I think it's similar to what I'm saying about every other defenseman. I want to see him away from Bullduke. He could be better. Uh, he's been good, but I think he could be even better. I'll give him a B. And hopefully we hopefully Pelic's not out long-term because that really suck, man.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think overall, you know, defense has been fine. I wish they shot more. I put a little bit of a Twitter thread together uh, using shots on goal. I think last year that one of the strength of this team was just shooting from the back end so much because we have a lot of guys like Andres Lee, also like guys like Brock Nelson who can score a greasy goal every now and then. So just throwing it on net is a big help. I wish we did that more, but we'll see if we See if we do do it. I, I hope we do. I hope we go back to that level. Scotty took two shots tonight. Um, you know he's gonna shoot it, you know, noah's gonna shoot it. Pulak needs to get it on net. Uh tonight he didn't, he scored, so good things happen. Maybe he saw the Ramar on Twitter thread, who knows? But maybe. shooting from the back end is is very important. Well,
0: maybe
1: um, he did. Yeah. It was kind of the effect he wanted with Andres Lee. I got with Pulak tonight. No shame though when the guy scores my scores a goal after I kind of like I kind of make fun of him um and then yeah goalies Sorokin a a and then Varlamov a plus I think that's pretty straightforward no yep. need to compare the two too much Sorokin's got the harder matchups but in his role he's done everything and then in Varley's role Varley's done everything and a little bit more
0: yeah I agree spot on a plus and I'll give Sorokin an a plus he's been awesome man
1: more than fair. I think that's totally, totally fair and good. Um, so that's it for Islanders talk. Any final Islanders subjects? No retirements. Nothing. Anything really coming this week in terms of Islander world? Um, any other news that I'm missing here? Before we go into league talk, before we wrap.
0: Not that I could think of. In the uh, Greg Cronin got ejected out of a hockey game as a coach. That was kind of funny. That's that kind of Islanders related. He was bitching about uh, calling in the Penguins game.
1: Brutal. That's tough. How are Penguins doing? Uh, um, the Penison. <laughs> oh, God, they play the Sharks. Oh, they lost to Ottawa. Oh, wait, no, no. I I knew they did that. Okay, Um. yeah, no. Nine-nothing?! Yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> Dude, the Sharks
0: might be the worst team in NHL history.
1: Yeah, we'll transition to league talk now, but yeah, Sharks are really bad. This is this is very funny, but it's also very sad because if that happened to a team like us, we'd be uh, relocated. But since San Jose, even though it's not a rich hockey market, um, they, they love having that team out west, um, so they keep it. But, um, you know, Sharks, awful, and they're going to be awful for a long time. Uh, good luck to the Celebrini kid if he if he ends up going out there. Who knows? But really, really bad team they have on their hands in San Jose. They suck. Terrible. Swing at the standings. Um, Bruins are good. I watched them beat the the Maple Leafs tonight. Uh, let's do real or fake really quick. Detroit, are they really good or are they fake good? Uh, can we say in the middle? No, I I mean, like, are
0: they actually good or are they? They're I. Actually, if, bad. I I. They're not bad. You can say mid. Mid. They're mid because they they're they're a good team, but then they're dropping stinkers to the stinky Florida Panthers. So they're gonna be good probably, but right now I'm gonna give them mid.
1: Sounds good. Montreal, good, mid, bad,
0: bad. bad. They fuck. They bad. suck, yeah, man. I saw bad. them. I saw them with my own two eyes. They're really bad. I, they, it, it's it been comeback galore for them, uh, comebacks galore for them, uh, they've been pulling crap out of their ass, they, I, I like the team, don't get me wrong, like, Jack, guys, fun to watch, Cole Caulfield rocks, Suzuki's a good player, uh, the goaltending, it's not great, obviously, Jake Allen's doing his best right now, but the team's not good, they, is, this is not sustainable, we've seen this with the Flyers, and I know you're gonna mention the Flyers next, probably, I don't think they're good, the, the Montreal Canadiens.
1: No, I have a couple teams between them and the Flyers, but I'm also going to go with bad for the Habs. Um, Next up, Tampa. Is Tampa good? Mid? Bad? I have them as mid.
0: They had a rough start. Once they get a healthy Vasileski back, they'll be great, though. I'm not too worried. Jonas Johansson has been very good for them, so fair enough. But I'll give them a little bit above mid. They'll be fine. I'm, I'm not worried about them.
1: Yeah, I don't think they've been that good. I think they'll be close to the wild card. But we'll see. Toronto's been bad so far this year. Or they've been, I guess, not bad, but bad by the, what Below they expected average, to be this year. Below average, I'd say. Below that.
0: average, yeah. Yeah, they've put up two shitters in a row now. I mean, I guess taking Boston to a shootout, Boston's really good. But the Kings game, they completely shit the bed. Not that the Kings are a bad team either, but like, come on, you're Toronto. Be better.
1: Yeah, I was out watching that a little bit, and also the Preds game they lost. Um, just running through the Atlantic. Buffalo, Buffalo. I think, bad.
0: They're a weird team. I, Below average, disappointing start so far. I know they beat up on Philly, and they're going to beat up on Philly again tomorrow night, probably. Even though Philly's a pretty damn solid team right now. Buffalo looked good last night. I still don't really see them doing too much damage with the Bruins being insanely good and the Red Wings being good. So I'll give them below yep. average.
1: Yeah. Sorry, there's so many like of these borderline teams in the Atlantic that I want to get your feedback on. Uh, but just next up, Florida. <laughs> Florida's the next one. I think Florida's actually good. They just haven't played enough games, as much as the rest of the teams in the division. They're five, three, and one. They're good.
0: They're they're better than we expected, and they'll they'll get Montour and Ekblad back. I just don't think they'll have what it takes to make the playoffs. I think they'll be like. They'll kind of be one of the teams. They'll be like the Penguins of last year just to miss out.
1: Agreed with you there. Ottawa, last team, the, the most dramatic team in the NHL. Losers of first-round pick this week.
0: Could we get an HBO documentary on this team? That's all I'm asking for. From Shane Pinto's gambling stuff to now um, Michael, how do you pronounce his last name? Anduhar.
1: Um like the first baseman, Miguel Anduhar, but Michael. Anduhauser,
0: Andu Anduhar, yeah. whatever whatever his name is, saying that he didn't know that it was a serious of a topic when he bought the team. Not that it's his fault, but like the league's maybe more at fault for that. Apparently he's saying it's just an absolute shit show there. But the team's still very good. They are very talented. I'll give them average. You can see what they're doing, but the injuries are going to really, really haunt them because Branchenham's still out, I believe. Shabbat's injured, and there's only so much depth you could really have.
1: Yeah, Metro is pretty straightforward. We know the Rangers are good. Carolina, I mean, they're above us, but I guess we'll just go with they're good. Good to find. They have the same record, same point Points, number of points as us, but much worse point percentage. Three more games. Um, because played. they played two more games. Yeah. Two? So gotcha. Yeah, we're gonna agree they're good. New Jersey's good. Washington's mid. They Awful. look very unimpressive today. Awful. Flyers.
0: Um Flyers are I would go decent for now. They'll probably drop like they did they did the same dance last year. I think maybe it, it's a little bit longer this year. Torch is a very good coach. We all know that they're gonna play hard. They're not gonna make the playoffs more likely than not, and I'm um, yeah, back to Carter the Capitals out for two to three weeks. Catahat, uh back to the Capitals. They are fucking garbage.
1: Yeah, that was really bad tonight. Um, Lumbus, I think they're whatever. I think below fine.
0: average. They're whatever. Below yeah. average to bad. Johnny scored today. Yay.
1: I think Pittsburgh's mid at best, but I think they've dug themselves in a hole now as the worst team in the Eastern Conference that they're going to need to play at like 110-point pace to make the playoffs through the last 70 games. And I think they're too old, too slow, and they're going to get hurt if they try to play that fast. What's their record? Uh, their record is 3-6-0. and
0: The Penasants, by the way.
1: The Pen-a-sons. I Oh, yeah, we they were actually the worst episode, team. Wow. Yeah they're they're the worst team in the east um yeah Penn's writer i um, said that riley smith would be on uh, kyle dubas's renaissance painting so i quote tweeted like why are we throwing why is this guy making a renaissance painting they haven't won anything yet uh they're the worst team in the east and then the guy comes back at me he's like no actually riley smith's a really good player and no one really knew about him it's like what the fuck are you talking sorry Chris, but, but what, what are you talking about here riley smith is like was a on a t- team that went to the Stanley Cup twice, he was a top six winger. Why are we saying no one knew about Riley Smith? Everyone knew how good Riley Smith was. You got deep, like a distressed asset against the cap for like a cheap price. But like overall, it, it was like a good trade for the Pens. But like this year at the deadline, they're going to be asking themselves, do we trade Riley Smith because they're too bad? And he doesn't really do anything for them. He just increases their like upside, but they have no upside because they stink.
0: He's a very good hockey player on a very bad hockey team. Um, thanks for taking Eric Carlson, I guess. He's a good player, but he hasn't... This is no Norris Eric Carlson we're seeing right now, guys. I think we all kind of expected this to happen. What does he have? Four points in nine games? Five points in nine games, maybe?
1: Ten for the Canucks. Another one for Beauvillier.
0: Why is Anthony Bo- The San Jose Sharks are just ruining all the memes for us here. What the? He's hell? a shark merchant. Oh, my God. I can't wait. Fresh play the Sharks. We better dunk all over them. Or else it's gonna be
1: really. Oh God! Yeah, they're gonna play the Leafs soon, and then they'll probably like beat the Leafs or something because that's how hockey works. That is how hockey um, works. Uh, yeah, I want to see Carlson I, stats again. Real quick. I don't. This Pens team is so bad. It's just Crosby looks checked out. If they go to like, if they are through twenty games and still the worst team in the East, don't say they're done. But you know, I I don't think they can play at a hundred ten point pace.
0: Carlson has six points in nine games. Not bad, but, like, Noah Dobson better.
1: Yeah, I can't hold Dobson's (laughs) jock. Yeah, and then Mike Sullivan's also on the hot seat, apparently, so we'll see how that plays out. Um... If he he's gets saying. fired,
0: at every Islander fan that doesn't want Lane go get Sullivan. Go get Sullivan. Get Sullivan. Nah, he's he's a fine coach. He's a good coach. Do we need people to- consider
1: him a good coach? I still think like I get crucified for this, but like he hasn't won a playoff series since the Islander star and goalie was um, was Yaroslav Halak, and then uh, Doug Waite was the coach. Like he hasn't won a playoff series since 2018. I, I really don't like. I don't give him his flowers as much as I probably should, but also I don't think he's like that amazing of a coach that he's missed the playoffs or lost in the first round all these years.
0: Yeah, I mean, part of it is due to circumstance. Obviously, you got an aging core, and you're they they don't have they obviously didn't have first round picks. So they're always adding guys to try to make these playoff pushes. Then they ran into the Barry Trot super teams twice. the The biggest flaw, and I guess it's really not a flaw because it was just a weird time was the covid loss the montreal Canadiens. other than that what was it we played them 18 19 we beat them 19 we swept them we swept them we swept them yes 1920 they played the canadians in the bubble and the qualifiers they lost i believe in
1: three two so that was technically the first time sid missed the playoffs but then the canadian media start going at the postseason so it was a postseason streak not a playoff streak
0: stupid um that one's, I mean, you know, yeah, they probably should have beat the Canadians, obviously, but that was weird. It was kind of who wanted them more, and the Canadians wanted them more. So we all kind of know the stories of the bubble and how weird it was, and it was just kind of if you wanted, if your team wanted it, you guys were gonna go out there and take it, and if the other team didn't want it, you could just walk right through them. Uh, then we played them again the year after. That was uh, not the COVID year, obviously, but the the sorta of half COVID year, the 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 Canadian division year and we beat them in six and then they lost the Rangers in seven when they kinda got fucked. They probably should have beat the Rangers that series, to be fair to them. They definitely should have beat the Rangers. They were down to Louis in goal. Um not that Tristan Jar is much better, but I digress. And then last year they didn't make it. It's been kinda tough for Sullivan. I don't think he deserves as much of the blame as he's going to get. He's been put in a pretty rough circumstance, considering he does have a lot of great old talent in Crosby, Letang, etc. But, like, they're not really adding much new guys or younger new guys into the lineup. You know, Eric Carlson, very good hockey player, won the Norris. Six points in nine games, not the 100-point guy they are they were begging for. Not the same guy so far. Riley Smith has been pretty good. I know he put up a few points the other night. I have him on fantasy team. Gensel, he's still coming back from the injury. I love Jake Gensel, though. Uh, if they don't want to bring Jake Gensel back, and if we have the cap, do whatever it takes. If he's a free agent, I don't think he. I think he, he's not a UFA, right? He's, no, he might no, he's be a UFA.
1: He's he's twenty nine years old.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know why I thought he was twenty seven. He'd still be a UFA either way. Um, yeah, if Jake Gensel's a free agent and we have the cap, do it no matter what, man. He's so awesome.
1: Yeah, it'd be interesting if you move Palmieri and get Gunzel, but we'll see how he comes back from injury this year. Um, In the interest of time, not going to go through the West. It's like 1 in the morning, but we'll do that next episode. Um, I'll do the sign-off real quick. Um, So thanks for making it this far through the podcast, guys. We really appreciate the love and support. The last couple of episodes have done great. We love having you guys on the ride for us in the regular season. Hopefully next episode we're able to all three record together, but we'll see how the circumstances change. We've been kind of busy lately, but we're also trying to still get you guys two a week in some manner or another uh but you can follow aj on twitter our excellent host over here at DeVito Hockey. you can follow jake on twitter who wasn't present this episode at prime jake you can follow myself on twitter at ryan martin you can follow the podcast on twitter at skates and stakes and then from there you can follow the uh you know make sure you follow us on spotify give us five stars if you can really appreciate it guys and we will talk to you soon peace